0: Leaving a Legacy is brought to you by hipstersofthecoast.com and can be found on the Top Deck app every Friday. You can support the show directly at patreon.com slash leaving a legacy.
1: Magic is powerful.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Leaving a Legacy. My name is Patrick. I'm your legacy newbie. With me this week, as always, Mr. Jerry. Me. What's up, Jerry?
2: Not much, Pat. I'm a sleepy boy. I'm a sleepy boy. You sound sleepy. I am. I'm super sleepy, but I'm ready to talk some magic. You know, get that, get that life flow going. I don't, I don't know what I'm saying anymore. I'm just delirious. You, yeah,
0: you have nothing. You have no <laughs> juice tonight, Jerry. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> This is, this is the least charismatic I think I've ever heard you.
2: Uh, <laughs> it's
0: not very endearing, to be quite
2: honest. Tap tap, ancient tomb and island guests, show and tell.
1: Yes, yes, well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry,
2: you all deserve better. You all deserve better of me. Well, and, and
0: thankfully, Jerry, thank you for that great segue, because we have someone better on the podcast tonight uh we have we have Thank God. this now this guy's been making the rounds uh not only has he been crushing uh you know streaming lately but he's uh been on every legacy podcast uh, at least the ones that are worth going on and we finally got him to uh to sit down with us tonight we have eli goings on also known as goblin lackey one let's be honest probably most people know you as goblin lackey one what's
3: going on eli hey there pat thanks for having me on
0: yeah, th- thanks for coming on. Really just, excited. Just uh, bad,
2: not me.
3: <laughs>
0: well, <laughs> uh, I assume I assume fall fallen asleep by now. <laughs> <laughs> All
2: right, I'm out. I'm out. See ya. There's a, yeah,
0: there's a reason why Jerry hasn't turned on his webcam for this episode. Mm. He is, uh, yeah, he's 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 leaning back, sipping margarita, uh, kicking up his feet after a long day of work. So I'm, we got Eli in here to pick up the slack, and I think we have a really great episode for you guys. And I'm really excited to get into I'm it. I'm just
2: gonna let your guys' dulcet tones soothe me off to sleep. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So so Eli, I have to ask, uh was Goblin Lackey taken or did you really just want to have the one in there?
3: Uh so it comes from me trying to make a username on the source.
0: That's that is what I assume to be honest. So
3: I'm pretty <laughs> yeah, Goblin Lackey was taken. But yeah it's, It thematically works because you want goblin lackey on turn one anyway. Absolutely, so. absolutely.
0: <laughs> what if, what if I find
2: the OG Goblin Lackey? Would would you buy the, the screen name from him? Uh... Or, or her. I'd have to
3: change too much. Like <laughs>
2: a lot God. would have to change. Yeah, it's like legally changing your name. It's just not worth it. Yeah, it's, it's not worth it. You, you go through a divorce, one. you're like, I don't feel like doing that paperwork. I'll just like Elon's keep
0: it. kid is still going to have like the uh, the ridiculous name that he has uh, for the rest of his <laughs> life. Just because he he's not going to want to change it, right? Um, awesome. Well, well first, uh, you know, we all know that you are like the 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 legacy goblins. If not like the ex, if you don't want to call yourself the expert, that's fine. But you are the guy that a lot of people are going to when it comes to talking about legacy goblins. You've been doing a great job streaming the deck. I've jumped into a bunch of your streams. They've been really well populated. I know we talked about that in the pre-show. Um, so we know you as the goblin guy, right? But I want to kind of know before we get into all these questions because we got we hit up the goblins Discord, which has been super. I've actually been following that really, really closely. Actually, closer than Blue Red Delver, um, which is shocking. But uh, the goblins Discord. Ton of great questions from them. Really cool community there. And then we have some from our own um, our own patron Discord. So we'll 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 sprinkle those in as well. Um, but before we get into that, I want to find out a little bit about you know how you got into Magic, how you started playing. Uh, tell us kind of like your your Magic origin story.
1: Okay.
3: Um. So I started playing Magic very very young. Um. Group on a in a condo complex with a whole bunch of kids in the block. Everyone was older than me. I think I was the youngest kid. There's yeah. Pretty sure I was. Um. And I was like, I'm like 20, about to be turned 24. So I, I was three-ish years old when I started. That, that uh, is very young. <laughs> started started my introduction to the game. Um, my downstairs neighbor made me a deck. Cause my, so I have an older brother and he was getting into the, the game from all of our, our neighbors. And uh, everyone would just play on the sidewalk um, with everyone's just kind of casual decks. No one played mm-hmm. competitively or anything close to it. Um, I remember getting a lot of 7th edition starter decks with like the the, the, the um, Thorn Elemental. I have a lot of yep. those Thorn Elementals. Yeah. Um,
2: <laughs> I have they, It came with the... Uh, when Magic Online came as a CD, I remember it also came with a Thorn Elemental promo in it. Yeah. So I also oh, yeah. have hundreds of Thorn Elementals. Did, did they just leave the machine on one night and they just printed like 1000s They're like, how do we get rid of these Thorn Elementals? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: Um, so my downstairs neighbor made me a deck... Uh, to play with it was mono green, had wild mongrel, it had cartographer, I think it had beast attack. Um and uh the worm. I had a lot of worms. I loved worms when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um just big green. I'm kind of, it's kind of the opposite of how I am now. I loved big <laughs> green idiots. Yep. Uh I just wanted to play the biggest big big dumb green creature. Like my brother bought like the one single we never bought singles. Um like the one single my brother bought when we were kids was a uh, Croson cra- Cloud sca- Scraper the mm-hmm. 1313 13 morph thing and i was like <laughs> this is the coolest thing i've ever seen it's the best thing yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um so that was kind of my intro and then i played up until kind of the beginning of larwin um i played all the way through uh mirrodin and i mean i loved onslaught onslaught was like the best it, that that was like the best uh, for me as a kid because mm-hmm. i love like even then like some of my goblins cards that I have sleeved up now are from that time. Like I have, that's awesome. I have a goblin war. I have two goblin war chiefs. It was a, a pile. Gl-
2: yeah, it was a glory time for uh, goblins. Like yeah, so yeah, many right. killer goblins came out. Yeah, then. yeah.
3: So so I had a, a pile driver, um, two war chiefs, a siege Gang commander, two, two, two siege Gangs um uh and the jump i've like a really busted up gem palm incinerator from those days because i really liked legions because i liked creatures yeah um shirk Shirk
2: prospector's been seeing some play again that's another
3: Uh, yeah i definitely have some old Skirk prospector uh around um so yeah i mean like i had a goblin like goblin like obviously not as (laughs) legacy playable ones but i had plenty of raging goblins like those Mm -hmm. eighth edition raging goblins i had yep um, I have lots of sixth edition Raging
0: Goblins i Nice, nice. <laughs> um
3: and uh Goblin Chariot and uh all those kinds of you know goofy goblin cards. So I I liked them even back then, I think. Um and like, you know, I was playing Volcanic Hammer and stuff like that. Um so and then played through Kamigawa. I really liked Kamigawa, got a lot of samurai ninjas. I was a kid, you know, that was like the thing. Um and then a little bit after that, you know, we had moved away. So there's only one kid in the lock who played. I stopped playing basically after uh, Lorwyn. Mm-hmm. Um, though I do recall buying packs of Time Spiral and uh, stuff like that. Cause I, I, I definitely, and I definitely got like a couple of the starter decks for Cold Snap. And I have like a really mm-hmm. distinct memory of one of the Cold Snap starter decks because uh, I, got in, I got injured uh, at, at recess one day. Like I I, tri- I tripped and cracked my chin on some ice, so I had to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And I remember waiting in the the um, like the emergency waiting room for like six hours because it was like a super busy day for some Jeez. reason. Yep. And I was just sitting there playing uh, the it was like the it was like the zombie Sekuar Deathkeeper uh, starter deck yeah. versus my brother who was playing the the Arox deck. <laughs> and so you know like I have all these memories associated with with that. Yeah um and but that basically stopped up until high school and then i was i was uh i played in the band a lot um i was kind of involved in theater and a lot of the kids in the band after school because band was always the last class they'd go to the music theory room which was next door to the band room and everyone like there was nothing to do uh in between like there's like school would end there's a 40 minute period Mm -hmm. between like after school activity starting and so everyone played magic in the music theory room Mm -hmm. uh between end of school and beginning of after school activities it's so like sports and stuff yeah or, or like the marching band kids or whatever and so that was kind of me getting reintroduced into magic to some degree and i was like oh yeah i used to play this game and so i i dig through my old cards a little bit and everyone's playing like this is like i guess return to ravnica uh kind of stuff and of course everything looked hilariously overpowered to me i was like mm-hmm. wait creatures are good wait like i saw a like co- consumering aberration i encountered and it's like this thing's so big what the hell like like nobody like i when i played people didn't play removal spells like yeah. you know <laughs> like we had no concept of these things like it was it was totally beyond me um and so i was kind of readjusting to that uh and then i was slowly getting more into it. i did the theros pre-release had no idea what i was doing and mm. like you know for most of my magic early magic playing i didn't really know the rules very well mm-hmm. um and so went through that played a little bit started to get more and more into it i did sell a whole bunch of my cards the garage sale which i regret to this day because i still mm-hmm. have no idea what was in there Ugh. um so it could have been like a bunch of onslaught fetches i did i did have one onslaught delta that i kept just mm-hmm. kind of by accident and i was glad i did that but <laughs> but i'm sure there were like sensei's tops and yep. additional either vials. Oh, i did have an art and i had two vials from when i was a kid that i still have um And so, which kind of is relevant to my deck choice now. (laughs) Um, And so I go to college. Uh, Guy who becomes, like, my best friend in college introduced me to, like, competitive magic because he was, like, a competitive modern player. Mm -hmm. And he was, like, this is how, like, deck building works in competitive magic. It's, like, very different. He basically explained the stack to me because I hadn't Mm -hmm. really fully understood the stack at that point. Um, And we start playing basically high power casual versus modern. Where I don't want to spend real money on these cards, right? Um, so I was playing like ninjas, but with Ornithopter and Soul Ring and Skull Clamp versus um, Birthing Pod. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, that's
2: how I got into Legacy. Basically, we played yeah. we played like. High-powered casual versus standard. And the high-powered yeah, yeah, casual is yeah. basically legacy without... Well, I guess it was vintage without power because we couldn't afford yeah. power.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah, exactly, exactly. And so I was playing, like... And I wanted to build, like... He introduced me to uh, Cruel Control, and that was my favorite archetype for a long time. I loved Cruel Ultimatum. That's still, my like, my favorite sorcery. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was building... And this is just when, like, a uh, of Tarkir came out. So, like, dragons were, like, the hot thing. So, like, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to play Krosis and uh, uh, salumgar. With a bunch of like actual counterspells and Crosis Charm and Dig Through Time and Scrolls <laughs> of and like you know and like a, like a top
2: <laughs> and I, I, a mystical tutor. <laughs> I, I remember that because that was like one of the rare periods in time where I actually played Standard because Standard was basically just Legacy at that point. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and so
3: so at that point I started getting like really into watching Magic coverage. So I I was watching. All the sg streams i was watching all the gps on twitch i was watching all the pro Tours. i was getting really really into it and he was getting more into it as well and so we would start doing kind of pack wars type thing just amongst each amongst each other um um we would always like watch the events together and like that was really fun and then towards the end of like sophomore year i was going to go abroad he kind of started getting into legacy and so he built uh over time elves and uh ant and I was like, you know, I don't want to spend, I, I never want to buy a Blue Duel. I still haven't mm-hmm. bought a Blue Duel. And I don't, probably mm-hmm. never will. Um, I just can't justify $500 for a piece of cardboard. I just, I, I just, I just but can't they're do they're it. I know you have, I know you
0: have Muxus. Like, you can, so you're willing to spend a certain amount on, on yeah. cards. You <laughs> yeah, can get
2: no, a Tropical yeah. for like $200. A, Tro- yeah, 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 Muxus yeah, is sure. probably the cost of Tropical
3: right now. <laughs> <laughs> on Moto, no. Yeah. Um, but, so that, that was kind of like, you know, what can I do in Legacy that seems interesting, mm-hmm. that won't break the bank because i was like working part-time as like a writing center tutor and Mm -hmm. that was about it so i was like okay so how can i do this um and so i started to look at decks i could play and goblins caught my attention and a part of it was like i have some of these cards i have two other vials i've coupled goblins the goblins are pretty cheap i like goblins Mm -hmm. and my thinking was like okay i'll build goblins and like i was aware that wasn't really like a popular or like particularly good deck at the time and so it's like okay i'll just this is a lot of similarities to death and taxes and so i'll build goblins and then i'll eventually build into death uh, and taxes and that'll okay. be like my like quote-unquote competitive deck yep um and so i went abroad i started taking advantage of magic card market in europe where the prices are a lot lower um and that's where i picked up a lot of my uh more expensive pieces like the wastelands and the caverns Mm -hmm. and at that point port was super expensive that was was ridiculous before the reprint right yeah port was like 120 bucks and that that was like so that was (laughs) rough
2: yeah, especially on Magic Online, I think Port was the most expensive card in Magic for, Online. Like, yeah, for, for a while, long yeah. Long for
3: while, Port was like was like 250 tickets. Like, I remember like, that, yeah. Port
2: was more than Black Lotus for a long yep,
3: time. Yeah, <laughs> by, by a lot. Yeah, And then it got um,
0: reprinted in EMA. Was it EMA that got reprinted? Yeah. And, yes. Oh,
2: I think it first came out as a reprint in a treasure chest. They did like a treasure chest promo or something uh, okay. like that. Oh, yeah. I but, was just thinking in yeah.
3: paper, but yeah, I forgot about online. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I, I built both death and taxes and goblins kind of over time and so i started playing in my year abroad in Mm -hmm. scotland and i started you know uh kind of finishing the deck as i was playing so for a while i was like i have three wastelands a port and like i would supplement with like a ghost quarter and like just play extra basics whatever Mm -hmm. and and, and sometimes it'd be like random upside because there's always that one or two you know there's one or two people who always play burn you're like haha Mm -hmm. i have extra basics price progress me you know um but that was kind of my start into uh legacy mm-hmm. and I loved playing the weeklies there. I started doing pretty well in them. I kind of like went went infinite in the shops um, and I started posting a lot on the source um, and I really liked the communities there and i I loved just like getting back and forth with with the other uh the other people there and I went to my my first like big magic event was bizarre Mox in Paris um, It landed right on my spring break for mm-hmm. college, and so I took a <laughs> 60 euro flight from Jeez. from edinburgh to paris which is like yeah. oh my god that's amazing uh and i went with a friend uh and a couple of the guys from the game store in glasgow also went and that's when i met up with a couple other of the like goblins community who i've been talking to they were like mm-hmm. hey get in what what's that whatsapp chat with us and we'll we'll try to meet up and that's why i met uh marcello um uh who is kind of like one of the other like main goblins uh community guys and um the guy who used to run the source uh for and now he's a little less active but gabo lord uh christian and a couple other guys that aren't playing as much these days i think but um it was really cool to like have that that transition from like purely online interactions mm-hmm. to like real life mm-hmm. um and i basically just been hooked ever since right I, I've i've been just Trying to solve the puzzle that is goblins, for like, how is the best way to build this? And trying to bounce my ideas off as many people as possible. And mm-hmm. that culminated with, uh, after I graduated college, I didn't have an LGS or anything nearby, so I kind of resorted to Magic Online. Um, Marcel lent me his whole deck on Moto, he didn't, he wasn't playing, so he just gave me the whole deck mm-hmm. and let me grind leagues until I could pay him back. And that's awesome. That's what happened. That's great.
0: So, so. Tell me, like, you know, a lot of people you know, are listening to the podcast. Uh, we have a lot of people who are getting into Legacy who listen to the podcast. So, if someone wanted to pick up the Goblins deck, like, if someone's an aspiring Goblins player, what are, like, the, a couple of things they should know before picking up the deck? Or, or you know, things that come with playing, with, with being a Goblins player?
3: Um, You gotta... So, it's almost inherent to playing a non-blue deck in Legacy, is you have to be able to hang all, handle a decent amount of uh swinginess in your matchups. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, like... Non-blue decks and legacy are going to have more polarized matchups than your average, you know, fair blue deck or whatever. Don't,
2: um, don't get tilted when you get paired against Char vulture
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs>
3: exactly. Um, and so you, you just got to expect that there's a certain amount of nonsense in legacy, and you can't beat all of it. Mm-hmm. So you have to just be okay with a certain amount of non-games. Um, it's a fort, an unfortunate byproduct of the the power leveled format. Um, and you you just kinda have to accept that. Um so be be mentally prepared for that. Mm-hmm. Uh another thing I think would be look into the resources for the deck because the deck is so old. It's it's like basically the oldest, longest, like continuously existing legacy deck.
2: Yeah. Basically um, goblins, merfolk and elves are like, like yeah. But even
3: like like you, like I guess, like blue-white control. If you want to abstract it that much, it's like miracles. But even miracles isn't like blue-white anymore, right? Yeah. So, so like, yeah, it's like goblins, Murpho. As far as like
2: cards that are still playable today compared to when it was first printed, I would say right. goblins is definitely up there.
3: Yeah, because no one, no one else is playing threats from 1990. One's lackey. One's one's Urza's <laughs> right. right. <laughs> you know,
2: uh, an onslaught like. Sneak attack would like to know your location. I just want Yeah, to but you to... but you oh, oh, but you're not you're not sneak attacking in Verdant Force, you know. <laughs> you don't know I could be registering Leviathan. You don't know. <laughs> right, right.
3: So so Goblin's like the core of the deck is super old, mm-hmm. you know. Um and so there's a lot of resources on the deck in terms of doing math on like Goblin ringleader in terms of evaluating hands uh there's a lot there's just like so many discussions i i actually have gone back and looked at the um archived forums mm-hmm. from the source like before like it would get renewed every couple of years because yeah. it would just become too bloated mm-hmm. but if you go back and read the old stuff it's actually kind of funny because you see some of the same conversations that we have today about cards mm-hmm. like you know is goblin piledriver good some people just like hate goblin Driver in the deck like they, they don't want to play it um, and even if you look at like the really old discussions, they're like, "Should we play be calling Gavin or should we play Mog Fedatic?" Like, Mo- Gavin <laughs> Go- isn't even good. Like, <laughs> uh, and, and so there's all these arguments that, and sometimes you can kind of extract knowledge from those that can be relevant today. And that's something mm-hmm. I find really cool about the deck, um, that it has this this kind of ancient history that you can dredge up and uh, gain insight from. So I, mm-hmm. I'd say look at that kind of stuff. Uh, as a new goblins player watch old footage you can you can learn a lot about how the deck is is supposed to be played um and other things like don't don't overestimate or don't uh don't overest i guess overestimates the best word uh goblin lackey itself um i think a mistake a lot of goblins early goblins players make is just like keep hands that are super dependent on lackey and mm-hmm. then just get blown out by like anything and then lose um, and get frustrated but you you have to mulligan pretty i think goblin's mulligan's pretty aggressively and it does it well because there's so much built-in card advantage but mm-hmm. you, you, like i especially with london mulligan i'm just like if i have a good start that's all i really care about i'll draw i'll draw out of it later hmm. um and sometimes i do it a little too aggressively sometimes you do have to keep those really risky hands because mm-hmm. maybe it's a bad matchup you're just like i need to spike here um you, you have to get lucky uh but i think don't over-rely on lackey is a good general advice also don't underestimate Mog War marshall i think Mog War marshall is the most misunderstood card in the deck people don't know why it's there
1: really?
3: uh and people just like this is just too this is just dragon fodder this is just a couple of dopey one ones um but it does so much that's integral to like how the deck functions. Like I see people running lists without Mogwar and I'm like, how do your cards work? You know, <laughs> it's 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 the glue can, that holds the can whole you thing tell, together. Well,
0: all right. So let's let's get into the nuts and bolts of the deck then. Since we're here, do you want to talk a little bit about Mog? Because that's a card where I I see it, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure why it's there. It does seem to me like you know, on the outside, it's like ah, it's just just makes a couple one ones, right? Like right. What yeah what, so, yeah. what is
3: this card for? So, um. The most valuable resource uh, in your average goblins game is um, bodies on board. Mm-hmm. That is like that is the thing that makes your effects scale properly. Every almost every card in the deck. The, so you have like your the, you think of your goblins as like a, a combination of enablers and payoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, Magwar Marshal is your most consistent enabler outside of maybe either Vile. Mm-hmm. Um, but but Magwar Marshal does things so that you can ki- you can gem Pullman Incinerator or Munitions Expert. Uh, creatures on time, mm-hmm. like you don't have to wait a couple turns, or you can do it around or a removal spell. um That's like a hu- huge thing right in, right now in the pharma is killing a Dreadhorde Arcanist before it untaps or mm-hmm. before your opponent untaps with it. Magmar Marshal is the only way you're going to be able to do that um because you have to be able to go turn to War Marshal. You know, imagine your one drop gets countered or whatever yep. or killed. You go turn to War Marshal, then you can expert the Arcanist. Yep. If you don't have that, unless you have double one drop, which is pretty unlikely. Because the deck only has ten, um, you're you're pretty unable to do that unless you have cyborg cards like pyrokinesis. Yeah. So uh, it scales your experts properly in your gem palms. It pumps your pile drivers uh, most efficiently in terms of you know per. Uh, by, by mana cost because mm-hmm. it's the only only it's only two drop that generates uh, so, kind of a two for one so, so think of it, so, it's like it's like a yeah. baleful it's like a baleful strikes in some matchups
0: yeah so mong war marshal allows you to go wide like without having to it basically gives you two bodies for the price of one card like i know that seems exactly. like a very yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, simple and for like, two st- mana two mana yes. it's
3: like that's the whole thing like mm-hmm. we really need to get a decent board presence before a lot of our cards become powerful hmm. um and the other there's a lot of synergies there's its ability to generate mana with Skirt Prospector. That's a huge part of it. That's why we don't play um, the Goblin Instigator from yeah. the Corset or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that it, even though it does like one last damage in a lot of instances because the summoning, the token summoning sick if you don't pay Echo,
1: mm-hmm.
3: um, it's a lot more effective with Skirt Prospector because it becomes a piratic ritual. If you have Goblin Goblin Warchief out and your Marshal now costs one mana, it becomes Dark Ritual because um, you can sack it, you get three bodies yep. sacked three times for red, red, red. Yep. Um, which can enable some super explosive lines, and now is really important with Muxus, because now you can ritual Muxus on turn three. Yep. Um and then uh with Slung Gang Lieutenant, uh which is Sec Goblin Drain for One, mm-hmm. uh Mogor Marshall is a lightning helix. Right. Um with Goblin Trashmaster, it's a Shatterstorm, basically. Right. Um so there's all these kind of effects that scale much better uh, when you have Magalore Marshall in play. And it's also mm-hmm. just a really good blocker. Goblins is a blocking deck. That's what mm-hmm. it wants to do. Um, it wants your opponent to attack you. You block for free, and then you attack them back for more. Hmm. Um, it's it's a, a counter puncher's deck. That's, I keep saying that, uh, but I think it's a good way to like, think about the deck, is you want your opponent to make the move first. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, there's a lot of rug Delver in the format. But Rugged Deliver's the best deck, so people are playing Tarmogoyf. Like, it muggle Marshall back in the day was like the card to block tarmac it's right. just fog for three turns and yep. we are happy about that yep um so i think those are like the primary functions of muggle Marshall. it's real i think it's really important to the to just like the general functionality of the deck hmm. um the key weakness is that it's it's really soft to play engineer um but you know you can shave one in some in a number of plague engineer matchups and you can hedge in various other ways so
0: oh yeah a lot of the main deck is is susceptible to those plague engineers unfortunately but uh,
3: yeah yeah that, you, that's... you do you it depends on like how much like you're respecting the card in the meta like mm-hmm. so if you've seen a lot of them in main decks which was popular for a while you'll hedge and play like three to four crater makers mm-hmm. um, to have more like on hand in like on the spot answers yep um you'll shave down on x ones in general like i like i don't like playing lords because it makes your board really fragile to single removal spell so mm. uh just playing naturally larger creatures i think is the correct response okay
0: um is there anything else you want to talk about i mean so i'm looking at your deck from the challenge which you placed 11th in which is which is awesome um Yeah, and six and two yeah yeah that's that's great um what is the so the challenge meta is kind of a little different than like your or this is the showcase I'm sorry the showcase right yeah and mm-hmm. so these are a little different than your normal challenge metas correct that's what I've been told at least
3: uh I mean the challenges I think skew a little bit on the fairer side compared mm-hmm. to the leagues the leagues are very combo heavy
1: know
3: mm-hmm. uh, I, mean, I have a tracking sheet where I I keep all my matches recorded and uh, the the leagues are very combo heavy and I think part of that is like the incentive of the of the league structure um. T- tends towards faster decks, mm-hmm. uh, so people can churn through leaks faster and like grant tickets that way. Um, gotcha. But on in the larger events, I think you see more fair blue um, as a general rule. Um, so like, I didn't. I normally play like two to three right traps, and I and I think I only played two in the showcase, and I mm-hmm. almost only I almost only played one. Wow. Um, and so I just like disrespected combo a little bit, and like that's kind of what happened. I didn't run into very much. Mm-hmm. I ran into ad nauseum tentrals, and I ran into. A really cool painter deck which was like pretty fair it was like playing a bunch of tutors and like one grindstone Mm -hmm. and then a couple i mean i think i had four painters but i'm not sure um so as far as combo i think that's all oh uh yeah i think that's all i saw as far as combo okay um
0: all right well we have a ton of questions from the discords we want to get into those now yeah all right awesome um all right, so uh, we'll go to the LAL Discord first, and then we have a bunch from the from the Goblins Discord. We have a lot of good questions, so let's get into those now. Uh, let's see, so CowEther, this is from the LAL Discord, uh, asks, what are your thoughts on the builds emerging from the new Goblins? What are the pros-cons of Muxus, Goblins focused on Snoop Combo, and just adding a smaller... Snoop? so? And what he's kind of talking about is, like, uh, when Snoop was spoiled, it seemed to get a lot of the the spotlight. Oh, yeah. Versus, you know, in comparison to Muxus, Muxus sort of flew under the radar. At least Muxis for someone like looked me, too, it just was uh, too
2: expensive. And then everyone yeah, yeah, $1, yeah, $1, $1, $6, $1, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
3: I, I well, I, I wrote off Muxus entirely when I, when I, well, I didn't. I said it was like only for worn instigator shells. Mm-hmm. That's what I. That was my first evaluation. Um, and I was very much interested in Snoop as like a fair card. I wasn't so interested in the combo because I was like, you know, there are lots of two-card combos in Legacy. There are many that are faster. Um, I really don't want to put Boggart Harbinger in my deck because it's a pretty bad card. (laughs) Um, And, I mean, there are some people in the Goblins Discord that are posting a good number of, like, 5-0s and stuff (laughs) with uh, Snoop combo. But whenever I've tried it, I've really disliked it, and I've disliked Snoop in general. Um, It has a lot of hidden costs, namely being um, red-red. Mm-hmm. Goblins is not very good at hitting red red on turn two so you have to adjust the mana base and I don't want to cut Rashad and port mm-hmm. I don't want to shave on Rashad and port three three is a pretty good number that I have always been happy with um and so I I'm kind of conflicted in that like my personal experience with Snoop has been very negative like it has been very rare that it actually generates card advantage for me it's been very inconsistent as generating card advantage and I don't really i'm not really interested in the combo because i feel like it doesn't help in any of your bad matchups because it doesn't race the only combo decks i feel like it's actually going to help you race are like depths and and uh elves mm-hmm. um because depths is usually like making a 2020 on turn two or three and then killing you a turn later so mm-hmm. if you can kill them you know out of combat uh on turn three that's pretty cool that's pretty effective but they also play a ton of discard spells in abrupt decay mm-hmm. so like that's not or and four pithing needles so you can think of just spit you know, Conspicuous to and then you can't combo. Um, so I don't know if the combo builds are actually going to be effective at, like, high levels, because I think you're going to catch a lot of people off guard um, in leagues and stuff, because people aren't going to respect it very much. But I think if people play around it a little bit better, or um, once they gain familiarity with it, I don't think it's going to be uh, a super potent... Angle, um, and so it, that's is Snoop going to be one of those cards though that like you keep you keep your playset of because
0: depending on what gets printed cause goblins is going to get like printings in it basically every core set from now until the end of time they always get a little bit here and there so is it one of well, those cards that you think is like
3: gonna gonna get something in the future? It- it could. Um, if the Goblins' Shell significantly morphed to be a much more aggressive strategy, because there's, there's an inherent tension with like all the high CMC stuff that Goblins plays mm-hmm. with Snoop. Snoop wants a lot lower cost stuff. You can just turn the top of your deck.
1: Because
3: mm-hmm. um, that's what like Mystic Forge decks do, right? They play a bunch of zeros. Um, and so when I was building Snoop, I was like, I want to play a whole bunch of Goblin Chiefs and a whole bunch of Skirk Prospectors so I can effectively reduce the mana to make a lot of cards either mana positive or mana neutral. Yep. Um, and it just wasn't consistent enough because I had to just brick too often mm-hmm. to for me to be interested in that. Um, but down the line, if there are better incentives to drop the curve even lower and become like almost like a Sly deck, mm-hmm. I think Snoop Snoop has potential. So I definitely want, like want to hold on to copies. But as it stands, I'm much more interested in, in Muxus, and I've kind of been joking that like why would I play a two card combo when Muxus is a one card combo right. it's just win the yeah. game? Yep, yep. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Wiz- Wizards needs to go back and errata all uh, kobolds to be goblins. <laughs> that would be that would be crazy.
0: So, yeah, because sometimes with Muxus you just Muxus into well, you 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 you're able to slam Muxus and then you're able to uh, matron up for for your. Um, uh what is it? Your sling gang lieutenants basically yeah. and ping your yeah, yeah. ping your opponent. There's, or... there's a
3: lot of ways to kill with when you flip muxus on yeah, the table. It,
0: I've I've watched you do it on stream multiple times yeah. and yeah, yeah, it's yeah. always so, pretty sweet.
3: <laughs> yeah, so there's like a couple ways to do it, right? So you you if you can do, help it you want to leave your prospector in play when mm-hmm. you cast Muxus. Uh because that means if you hit Matron, you can um get War Chief, sack a couple goblins, cast your war chief, and then attack with your Muxus. And the mm-hmm. Muxus is huge. It's like right. a four four that gets a plus one plus one for each other goblin. So you can just have like a nine nine. Yep. Um, and so like, <laughs> t- speaking of sneak and show, you know my my opponent cast sneak and show or cast yeah, cast, sneak show, cast show and tell, and it was like turn two or something. They put an emercool. I put in muxus. Flipped five goblins, uh including a war chief and a pile driver and <laughs> uh, a couple other things, and then, and then uh matron matron got crater maker. Kill your hammer cool, attack with a fifteen two pile driver and like a twelve twelve muxus, and they were very very dead <laughs> i want i want to talk uh, about
2: that r- real quick because both sneak and show players and goblins players in my experience seem to think that it's a good matchup so what what is it
3: <laughs> uh it's certainly a lot better than it used to be. I don't think it it, it heavily depends on how many red blasts you play mm-hmm. um because like currently in, in in the current uh kind of setup. The scariest card out of Sneak and Show is probably Sneak Attack because it's harder to stop. I just got a Pith Needle, really, to stop it and, like, Wastelands to cut red sources. Um, but obviously, 4 mana is a lot more than 3. Uh, uh, so, and but now, with Muxus, Show and Tell is kind of dicey to cast because there's a decent chance you might just die. Mm-hmm. So before, before Muxus, it used to be that if you cast Show and Tell, a Naked Emrakul would very rarely win because it would be either a crater maker in hand to blow it up a sling gang to kill you or a, um, a matron to get crater maker to blow up the Emrakul. So it had to be omniscience, uh, Emrakul, and like maybe a cunning wish to protect it or a second Emrakul, something like that would work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then omniscience grizzle brand would almost always win. Um, and then just a, uh, a, a grizzle brand by itself would often win unless goblins had a, a caracas or stink scripture The math, I think with Muxus has changed so that the, the, Against a lot of goblins' hands, the thing that's gonna win has to be like omniscient's grizzlebrand. Cause now Muxus has a decent chance of just beating a grizzlebrand straight up because it'll either be bigger or it'll flip like a cu- a bunch of goblins so you have like seven goblins in play mm-hmm. and if you get a munitions expert you can kill the grizzlebrand that's and crazy. attack the people. <laughs> that's great. So mm-hmm. it's gonna be I think it's gonna be I don't think it's going to be ever really, like, favorable for Goblins, but it's going to be a hell of a lot better than it used to be.
2: I think a lot of Sneak and Show players underestimate Goblins. They see a non-blue deck, and they think it's going to be a buy, and then they just don't realize, you know, how difficult it can be, how many, uh, you know, answers Goblin says. Especially if the Goblins players is running, like, Thorns of Amethysts in their sideboard, like, that always wrecks Sneak and Show players' day, because all of a sudden Sneak Attack goes from four to five to six mana. F-
3: yeah, five five's a lot, yeah. It is. Um... And so I've been I've been doing pretty well. Like I used to be like thirty-five percent against Deacon Show, but I've won my last, I don't know, probably like four matches against Deacon Show. Um, and the shift the blue green omni builds I think are actually good for goblins because they're hmm. much slower. They're much more susceptible to Rashad and port. Mm-hmm. Like if you go if you go wait uh Termon Lackey turn to port you, you're probably racing them, mm-hmm. like most of the time. Yeah.
2: Um also Veil Veil of Summer doesn't really do anything against goblins. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Vale
3: <laughs> doesn't do anything. Um so, uh, I mean, I play usually two to three Red Blasts. They're really good in the matchup. Mindbreak Trap sometimes lies against, lines up against the uh, omniscience Cunning Wish lines uh, that can stop them in their tracks. Um, I play like one to two Pith and Needles. Pith and Needle can really help out there. I tend not to... I, I've stopped supporting in Chalices because um, it was stopping... It was it was like just too slow. Like if you can't slam chalice on yeah, turn one, chalice isn't, it doesn't really do anything.
2: It's not actually very good against Sneak and Shell. Like I, I always have yeah. opponents like slam chalice against me and I'm like, okay. <laughs>
3: like- yeah, like yeah. It, so chalice I don't I don't really bother with anymore. Um I don't really play Thorns anymore, so I used to play Thorn, I used to love Thorn. Um but the combo decks became a little bit faster on average, so it's became it's like it would work on game two and then not in game three 'cause it'd be on the draw. It'd just be too slow. Um, and so, and also, it used to be really good against uh, the control decks, like Grixis control and Miracles. But now, with Uro kind of in the picture, Thorn is really ineffective, right? Mm. They can just play their uro on turn three, make the extra land drop. So now, your Thorn just really doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've I've stopped playing Thorn of Amethyst. Mm. Um, it's good in some contexts. So if you want to hedge for Stinkershield a little bit more, I still hedge just more by like playing an extra Caracas if I really want to do that.
1: Mm.
2: You know, I think goblins and sneak and show players they should really come together. If you look, at, if you look at the OG art of sneak attack, sneak attack is a goblins card. There's a whole bunch of goblins on the OG yeah, art of sneak attack.
3: Yeah. <laughs> we, we can talk when you start sneak and showing a siege game commander.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: um. All right. So let's see.
0: We kind of got into the sneak and show versus goblins plan. Yeah, uh, for yeah, yeah, Slayer, So that's that's good. We'll we'll say we covered that. Um. Let's get into the goblins discord now. Because there's a ton of good questions. I don't want to. People were really, really kind with their time, so uh, let's get into some of these. We'll try to rapid-fire these if we can. Iguana, yep. Iguanabetes, <laughs> I, I assume it's Iguanabetes, asks, uh, If you had to play a deck besides Goblins, what would you play?
3: Um, I really like, I like Aether Vial strategies a lot. I like, I like Humans. Mm-hmm. I played Humans a little bit. Um, I think that's a, a pretty perennially underrated deck um, in Legacy, because a lot of people just look at it as like, oh, this is a modern deck. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do get a lot in Legacy. You get Recruiter of the Guard, you get Sanctum Prelate, you get Palace Jailer, you get Mother of Runes. Um, so I, I've played Humans a little bit um, and quite enjoyed it. Mm. Uh, so I'd be interested in that. Uh, one day I would like... I don't have the cards for it on Moto, but I would like to try my hand at some like blue control strategies. Um, like, as I said, like one of my f- favorite decks is uh, Crow Control. Mm-hmm. So uh, I like... Uh, I like control decks that have an actual win condition, that, but like something that's like very like kind of flashy. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't like the current iterations of control that are just like I'm gonna hit you with an elk mm-hmm. like six times or whatever. Like that's pretty boring. But you know, like Uro is pretty boring. I like kind of hate Uro. But if you, if so you're did playing, you like a big entreat the angels? Is
0: that kind of like something that's up your yeah, alley? Yeah, I
3: can, I can, I can dig an entreat. I can dig. Um, I, I don't, I, I could see myself playing like a standstill, like shark still type thing. That could be fun. Um, I so yeah, I think I, I would like to try this kind of things. I'm not a huge fan of Delver. I don't really like combo decks in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, some sort of some sort of more controlling strategy. I think okay. I prefer. Um, Steve twenty one twelve rush asks,
0: "Why is for is this, this? I assume this is a." A goblin memes question: uh, Why is four pile drivers always correct, no matter what? You can't say it's not correct.
1: <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> that doesn't sound Steve, like a question, Steve. <laughs> Steve. Steve,
3: Steve is the greatest goblin pile driver stand in the universe. Uh, I remember. I think. I think his uh, like signature on the source for a while was like, if you. Suggest less than four gallon pile drivers in your list. you're actually a sneak and show plant.
2: For <laughs> what is with the sneak and show go rivalry? I didn't realize there was well so, so, so he he has a ter-
3: he just has terrible luck versus sneak and show because like, the puns just always have it like he, he just has, he just can never beat it. And so whenever any of us beat Steak and Show, we tag Steve. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this, is, this is like someone being like, oh, that's my rival. It's like, oh, have you guys been fighting a lot? He's like, no. He doesn't yeah, actually yeah. know who I am, but uh, he's yeah. he's my <laughs> yeah. rival. It's just like yeah. Sneak and Show players are just oblivious over here. So so when yeah. do
0: you go up? Like, Let's say, so right now you're running two pile drivers. Yep. What is this? What would make you go to four?
3: Uh, It'd be pretty weird to play four. I do play three a decent amount of time. I've always been kind of happy with three. Mm-hmm. Um. But if I was seeing an overwhelm... When Snoko was really popular, I was playing three, because they had no way to block it mm-hmm. outside of Elks, mm-hmm. and they even had some blue removal spells, and their plows and decays were taxed on, like, your Warchiefs and Vials and Lackeys and stuff. So I was a huge fan of pile driver then because it was just about getting under them because you didn't want to take the game that yep. long. Um, and you're just like, I'm just going to hit you from nine. You can't block it with man Coatle. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what's going to happen. Yep. Um, so if there was a ton of snow control and a lot of combo... Then I would see playing four pile drivers.
0: Okay. Uh, Norjask, nor, I'm, I'm assuming that's, uh, again, I might be, might be butchering screen names here. Is the real crux of the deck Aether Vile slash Mana Denial package? Um, and uh, the Goblins just happen to be the best payoff currently?
3: Uh, that's kind of an interesting question. Um, I think Goblins is currently the best strategy if you want to play Vile and, and mm-hmm. Um Goblins has gotten a lot more boosts to its uh, power level recently after, like, a 10-year uh, dearth mm-hmm. of anything. <laughs> um, it was basically
2: cranko in 2013. The, the and last couple years has gotten
3: a lot of printings. It really has. Yeah, we've gotten, like, six yeah. six good additions to the deck mm-hmm. in the past two years. Yeah,
2: Crater Maker. Uh, yeah, cra-
3: Crater Maker, Chain Whirler, Trash Master, Magician's Expert, Pashlikmon, Slingang Lieutenant. Arguably, Snoop and Muxus yep. like that's eight. Yeah, yep.
2: but yeah, basically from 2013 with Cranko until Crater Maker yep. was printed, there was basically no playable goblins printed for years yep. and years and years. Yep.
3: <laughs> and even even since like from Time Spiral to Cavernous
2: Souls, there isn't
3: very much. Yeah, like, I
2: guess <laughs> Cavernous Souls you could consider. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. yeah. Um.
3: So yeah, there's a long time of nothing. So D is kinda of going through the same thing right now where it hasn't gotten anything. Well since
1: uh, let's 20. let's
2: not feel too bad for Death <laughs> and Taxes. They got no,
1: no, like I, three no, no.
2: like like it got to the point where they were just like, nah, not playable, this like insanely powerful
1: white. The medium. only like the only like,
3: <laughs> really good Death and Taxes card that isn't even death and taxes specific as deafening silence that they've gotten in the past couple of years before that it's, you have to look all the way back to 2015 to conspiracy or, yeah. Conspiracy two.
2: No. Well, um, was like blightling. I guess, I guess those things are death card's not very good. <laughs> yeah, but they're still like getting all of Jerry these cards. hates, Jerry hates death and taxes. <laughs> they still, well, still got anyway. all the, I'm sorry that your list is so fine tuned that like, even all these other like crazy good cards aren't good enough to make the cut.
0: So, like so, they just have to so, start
2: printing things at for free, basically, for it to start making the cut in death and taxes again.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, so basically, they they just haven't gotten enough genuinely playable cards to like actually keep it in into your one status. So, and I've noticed a lot of DNT players are shifting to goblins because people still want to play with and port mm-hmm. in either battle. They're like cool cards to go together, mm-hmm. and so I think goblins. Hinges does very much hinge on uh Rashad and Port. I think I think Goblins is like it's a way better Rashad and Port deck than a Wasteland deck mm-hmm. um, because its curve goes up a lot. So, a really big big part of Goblins is like getting to manage deny on turn two so you can cast your three job first. That's that's like a, a huge play pattern. Um, and it's obviously especially good with Lackey and Vile. Like, if you go turn on Lackey and it hits and then you port them on turn two, so it's probably going to hit again, like that, that's just such a, a big, amazing start. Mm-hmm. Um so, there are ways to build goblins without port, but you kind of have to approach things from a very different angle. So I do I do think that that's kind of the crux of the deck mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Like I I cast I depending on the matchup, but I'll I'll uh I'll port on turn two rather than cast most of my two drops. Hmm. Okay. So,
0: um, Norchat, no, this is something Jerry, I think you'll find very interesting. I think you and uh you and Eli have uh you know uh what's what's the word uh whatever it doesn't matter you'll know what i'm saying when i say it uh eli, eli you're known to play 61 card main decks and yeah can you talk about like what, you know what makes you decide to play 61 cards because the the spicy one of is like one of jerry's favorite things so
3: <laughs>
1: oh okay it's, it's um, my reason for existing actually <laughs>
3: <laughs> so it doesn't so i covered this a little bit on a uh decent ban on Turtle Dirtles, so I don't want to repeat myself too much. But it, it stems from a couple of things. And it's a desire to uh fit the 24th land into the deck more than anything else without hmm. compromising Goblin Ringleader too much. Okay. Um And it especially has to do with post-board games. Uh, because you end up sideboarding, like, five-ish goblins out. And if you only have 32... So you, imagine if you have 60-card list. You have four vials, 24 lands, mm-hmm. 32 goblins. If you side out five goblins, you're at 27 um you board five say you barred in three pyrokinesis two chalice of the void or whatever say it's delver your ringleaders are now down to 27 hits uh that is uh or sorry uh yeah 20, uh, 27 uh that's pretty rough mm-hmm. um from personal experience and i've looked at the math a little bit i don't know it off the top of my head but i think 27 is kind of the point where you start getting like significantly uh decreased efficient or um efficacy mm-hmm. out of your ringleaders and so for a while i was like you know i don't i really want to fit this 24th land because goblins really is a 24 land deck given how high the curve is um like you do have a lot of like half the deck is mana like you have so many ways to produce alternative mana mm-hmm. like you have skirt prospector you have vial you have lackey um you have Warchief. but a lot of times those things are offline so you need actual lands um and also your waste landing and porting so you want to have excess land drops most of the time the deck handles flood very well um so i wanted the 24th land i didn't want to cut any of the goblins um and so that kind of led to the 61 and i i'm just like way more comfortable with it It makes the sideboarding way more um comfortable and mm-hmm. a lot of the fair matchups you do uh get caught it is unfortunate in kind of matchups where you're looking for very specific right, hate in your opening hand that is that is like a pretty significant cost mm-hmm. but people say like you know oh you can't play 61 in your either vile deck the difference between having it in your opener um, as a four of with sixteen sixty one is 05 percent. Mm-hmm. It's thirty nine point four versus thirty nine point nine. It's really not that yeah. big a <laughs> Uh So those are kind of my justifications to some extent. And there's a, there's an argument about tutor targets. Mm-hmm. I don't buy that as much because uh, Matron wants to find Ringleader a lot more than tutoring up one of's. Though it's is obviously again matchup specific. But I think that is a little bit of a weaker argument, though. There's part of it. Like, I don't want to cut my Goblin Chain mm-hmm. I don't want to cut my Pashnik Mons because it offers such a sweet combo kill with Sling Gang Lieutenant. It comes up a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to cut uh, my... Well, Trashmaster right now is in my sideboard because there's so much Delver. Yep. But uh, there, there's definitely, like, a part of it is, like, I want to keep these two targets for for matchups that are all, like, reasonably popular but not enough that you want to play multiples of these effects or whatever. So
0: so, so your, your reasoning is much more, like, math-based than than Jerry's. Well, I just it, want to play a sweet it's, card. It's, I, I was, was going to say, it's, it's like, you, you have a much more
2: a much more nuanced approach than mine. Uh, it's the principle of the thing. Yeah, Jer- <laughs> Jerry's is, I'm going to play 61
0: cards because I can, damn it. Well,
3: so, so Jarvis, Jarvis, you always kind of needles me if I say this is for math reasons because he's, like, an actual <laughs> mathematician. He's like... <laughs> or you know he's like this is not real math i'm like it's it's not it's it's a feeling informed by math yeah. to some extent yeah. so that i'll say that as you know that much. my
2: my reason is i'm a storyteller and when you're in top deck mode and you rip that 61st card off the top of the deck for the win Going into the top eight finals, and you just have that thrill of exhilaration, that is why you run the 61st card. Well, so so, so that's the
3: thing. It's like, I don't think of any one card in my deck as a 61st card, because it's contextual. It's Mm -hmm. like, in... People say, like, oh, you can just cut the 61st card, because it's the worst card in your deck. But, like, that's not how magic works. It's contextual. Mm -hmm. It, It depends on the matchup, right? So... Trashmaster might be my 61st card against Delver, so I should cut it versus Delver, obviously. But it's not my 61st card versus Death and Taxes or, you know, uh, whatever, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Karn Moonstompy deck. Like, that's one of my best cards. Mm -hmm. So there's trade-offs. And I I, I accept the trade-off of an increased power level to a uh with a slight decrease in consistency. That's the trade-off you're making.
2: See, I, I live my life like a Yu-Gi-Oh show and uh, <laughs> heart of the cards Yeah, the heart of the cards knows what the 61st card is and and if your heart is pure, it'll give it to you.
0: <laughs> so uh I'm going to say Skatili, Skatilli. I I think when people make uh, usernames on Discord and other places, you should say them out loud before you actually type them in because if they're difficult to say, I don't like them. Skitilli, he has two two questions. One of them good, one of them fun Maybe funny, that's his
2: real name, Pat. Like maybe, Bat, that could be if, his actual name.
0: If, if Skitilli is your real name, I'm so sorry. Give me a fa- your address, I'll send you an LA, name. I'll play it Matt.
2: Fa- it could be his family name.
0: Sure. Uh, why don't you play the fun goblins like kiki Chiki, or Krenko?
3: <laughs> I used to. I used to. I have one of my uh, most treasured cards. I have a signed foil, champions, Kiki-Jiki. Kiki. I love playing Kiki-Jiki. Um, I love Krenko. thing is my quest in streaming is to make the best goblins list possible mm-hmm. and like that 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 is like always been my goal is like how to make this deck as good as it can be and then play it as well as i can mm-hmm. um and so i do play like meme decks occasionally but i can't stick with it forever and there are times where Cranko is like really really mm-hmm. good like if you're running into a lot of maverick uh they they really struggle to beat Cranko if, if they don't have the swords of plowshares right then and there they can't beat like nine one ones mm-hmm. you know <laughs> um so there are time there is a time and place for a lot of the, like the fun of goblins um i've been partial to a grenzo havoc razor uh myself that's one of my favorite kind of niche goblins that is really good in certain metas like if you're seeing a lot of hymns and you're seeing a lot of dark depths and a lot of ad nauseum tendrils you can start i don't know if you guys know what grenzo havoc razor i've does. heard of the
0: card and couldn't tell you what it does
3: so it has two abilities one of them is relevant one's not um, one of them is whenever a goblin, or whenever a creature deals combat damage to a player, goad target creature, which is in 1v1, make it attack you. Um, the second ability is much more relevant. It's kind of like a Thief of Sanity. Okay. For each creature that hits, you can exile the top card of their deck and cast it for any mana cost until end of time.
0: This is the one you mentioned on, on, uh, Everyday Eternal, and they couldn't remember the second ability. Yeah, yet, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. I love this card. It's so much fun. You create so, so many great stories from Grenzo. Mm-hmm. Um, and... It's really good in certain metas, mm-hmm. um because against depths like the, the the turbo depths deck has a lot of cards that are good against itself. Because it has a lot of discard as main deck pithing mm-hmm. needles and as crop rotation. Mm-hmm. I've cast crop rotation off mountain to get <laughs> wasteland. You know? That's great. Oh, oh, that's awesome, deck.
0: actually. I didn't even think about that. That's amazing.
3: Uh, you know, I've hit um I've abrupt decayed an engineered plague before. <laughs> uh I've uh, brains. I've I've cast Jace against check pile. That's interesting. Um, I've cast uh, yeah. I mean, d- uh, Storm is full of discard spells. Um, you can do stuff with LED and Goblin Matron. Mm-hmm. Where I've done cast cast Matron or uh, yeah, cast Matron crack LED for black 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 get earwig squad. <laughs> um, so there, there's all sorts of things where Grenzo can really shine in certain spots. So I do like to play like these like fun of goblins when I think they're
1: appropriate. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, Kiki Jiki is probably the one I'm least fond of in. Current magic just because it requires you to have stuff on board to work. Um, it's weaker than the other finishers. Basically, Sling Gang and Muxus are just so high tier and mm-hmm. power level compared to other Goblin finishers that it's really hard to justify playing the other
2: ones. See, my favorite Goblin that doesn't see play anymore is Goblin Sharpshooter. Make oh, Goblin Sharpshooter great again. I've- I <laughs>
3: love I love Sharpshooter. Sharpshooter is such a cool card. Um, I've, I got a signed one from Greg Staples at the last SG gone. Um, I love the art. I love the way it works. It's such a, like, you do so many cool tricks with Goblin Sharpshooter. But then they printed Plague Engineer. Yeah, I know.
2: <laughs> That's why you got
3: to play Sharpshooter with Basilisk Color. Yeah,
2: well, it just
0: dies. It's a one-one. It I know, dies. Dies. I know. I'm just, I just want 2019 to be gone. I just it's want I the meta to
2: go I back know. to when Goblin <laughs> just playable again. Because I, I know,
3: I, I, I freaking <laughs> <I'm about laughs>
2: Goblin so One much. of my, one of my favorite early memories of Magic is I was playing against Stasis and I was playing like cool. Onslaught Goblins and the Stasis player lands Stasis and they're like, oh man, he's locked out, he can't win now. I'm like, <laughs> and I start counting how many Goblins I haven't played. I'm like, oh, I have two Goblin Sharpshooters. Ooh, and ten yeah. goblins. Aww, <laughs> so I just—I use one one goblin sharpshooter to ping him. I use the second goblin sharpshooter to kill my own goblin. Both goblin awesome. sharpshooters untap, awesome. and I just <laughs> mow him down for ten damage and win the game.
3: <laughs> I, think, I think I think my favorite—you'll uh, appreciate this—my favorite goblin sharpshooter instance was um, I killed my opponent with their own emrakul cool annihilator triggers.
2: <laughs> oh man. <laughs>
3: Attack with every sacks of goblins. Does that wait? Does that have,
2: does, do they go on one at a time? I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. They,
3: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's you awesome. can stack them.
2: Oh man, I'm gonna have to put that in the back of my mind in case <laughs> so, I'm ever playing against goblins and a sharpshooters on well, board. So, so, I mean,
3: P- Pashlik Mons has effectively replaced sharpshooters' yeah. role because it does the same thing with Skirk Prospector, more or less. It does the same thing with Gang, but it doesn't have to. It doesn't have summoning sickness, and it's a two-two. Um so you can, you can also use it as an anti-plague engineer tool, because you can use the death pings to kill an engineer as you cast your X1s into it. Um, so Pashlik's just a more versatile card. Um, and Sharpshooter... Sharpshooter's just so hard to untap with, unfortunately. Uh, it like you. Like Dreadhorde Arcanist, Oko uh engineer there's just so many ways to punish you for playing a sharpshooter yeah. and then a jot just dies for one mana or zero mana and you're just like <laughs> why did i play this card
2: uh i guess it's resigned to my middle school goblin sharpshooter kamal Fistacrosa combo deck so, so there you <laughs> go. there's another good
0: question this is kind of more i think this is more like uh legacy sideboarding in general but it's kind of interesting if you want to give a quick answer on it it's uh how like are you results oriented when submitting a new sideboard? Like you know, do you change your sideboard to be better versus what you just lost to, or do you stick with it until the meta shifts? Uh, this is a tough one, right? Because a lot of people are like, yeah. Oh, if I just had this card against this matchup that I just lost to. It's like it's like, are you planning on playing at your local FM or are you planning on playing at an SCG open? Right? That's how it yeah. that's it's Yeah, that's kinda how it's, it seems it's to
3: really, me. Like, I want to say that I'm not results oriented with my sideboarding? Um, but obviously, to some extent, it's really hard. It's really hard not to be mm-hmm. when you're playing a bunch of online. It's like, oh, I just ran into Tess three three times this league. I'm gonna put an extra mindbreak trap yeah. in my sideboard Like
0: Brian's busy it's this really, week. <laughs> it's, yeah, He's right. A lot of games. It's
3: really hard. It's really hard to not do mm-hmm. that. Um, especially kind of in the leagues where it's so immediate. Um, I think you can. I think giving it a little bit of space. And giving yourself a day before you change things could be a good way to prevent mm-hmm. that uh keep yourself from having like an emotional response to losing to a particular thing um but also you know like in the showcase like I lost to my two losses were to to uh rug delver, which I was really bummed about um but I had not changing my cyborg too much to hedge against rug delver mm-hmm. because I had won the previous twenty matches in a row against rug delver right. right and so like I can I can accept that like I was running hot against Rugged Elver for Wild. I don't think it's like an eighty mm-hmm. percent matchup for goblins. I think it's pretty good, um, but I don't think it's that high. And so I w- I was bound to lose to it eventually. It sucks that it happened when I was in topic like trying to reach topic, mm-hmm. but it's gonna happen. Right, right. And, and um, you're not
0: gonna you're not gonna warp your whole sideboard to be the deck that you feel like you're pretty favored against in the in, to begin with, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. And, like, I I have to, like, observe, like, okay, it's not that my sideboard cards were bad, I just applied them incorrectly, or I sideboarded incorrectly. Mm -hmm. Like, I, in the leagues, I was seeing a lot of Goif's and um, uh, more Oko-heavy, more Mm green-threat-heavy rug builds, and I wasn't boarding in Chalice of the Void, because Chalice of the Void's pretty bad against Mm Tarma right? right? And I didn't want Chalice, because I wanted Red Elemental Blast to take out Oko. What I experienced in the showcase is that people were playing four dreadhorns, and Chalice is like the card for yes, dreadhorn, yeah. and Red Blast does nothing. Yep. And there were in both of my losses, basically what happened in game uh, games two and two or three was that I had a Red Blast that didn't have any targets, and I was getting killed by a mm-hmm. Dreadhorde. And I was like, I could if this was a Chalice of the White, I'd probably win right. this game. Right. Um, and so I just kind of be like aware of that and think about I had the tools for this. I just didn't use them because I was stuck in a like a kind of a different mindset from a slight like a marginally different meta mm-hmm. where the builds were a little bit different.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, also, like the 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 texture of the deck can change. Even just one or two people, you know, you know, who change like their main board, it doesn't necessarily mean the whole like the deck as a, a whole is shifting that way, right? Sometimes they just yeah. people just play the cards they want to play in their main deck. So
1: yeah,
3: and like the, the hedge that I'm making now because Rugsilver is so popular mm-hmm. right now is like. Uh, I shaved a Goblin War Chief and played a second. and I'm currently playing a second Jump Hull incinerator because mm-hmm. I just wanted a little bit more removal, and I'm also seeing a lot of just a lot of other creature yeah. decks. The meta is getting a little bit more creature yeah. heavy. So,
0: um, this is a this. I mean, we could probably talk about this next question for a long time, but we'll see if we can get a a succinct answer. Memories of the time asks uh, an interesting question. Could be something like, "What should I focus on or pay attention to to improve myself playing goblins?" Yeah, that is, such that a, is good a tough question. one, right? yeah my, my
2: um, advice is you have to method act uh get into the mind of the goblins you know
3: what i've started doing uh what people have asked me to start doing is uh start talking as Gollum during during the stream <laughs>
2: Just like,
1: the <laughs> 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 wow That's you're
2: scarily uh, good. good at that That's, <laughs> it's a little too good <laughs> thank you uh
3: so I'm, I'm
2: <laughs>
0: yes, currently that, reading that, Fellowship that. right now and uh that just that just got oh, yeah. to me. That just
3: got to me. Woo. That's awesome. Uh yeah, I I gotta do the I gotta pull out the gull impression more. I'm pretty proud of <laughs> you, it. it, it uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh so to answer the question. Um I think something that a lot of Goblin's players should be more cognizant of, and I think this is really legacy specific, is how much lands matter. Mm. Land sequencing is such a big deal with the deck. Mm. Because um, you're trying to juggle a lot of things, you're trying to juggle your mana denial elements, you're trying to juggle you know two different colors playing around wasteland, um, and so an underestimated thing about goblins, I think, especially playing against other wasteland decks, is when is it correct to use my wasteland, when is it correct to not use my wasteland? Think about whose, ma- whose mana matters more. Um, are you creating a mana advantage, or are you just putting each other back? You know, one land each. Is, is that uh, favorable for you or mm-hmm. not? Um, in sequencing, when do you fetch basics to play around Wasteland, or when do you fetch out Badlands to bait a wasteland to protect a cavern of souls? Um when do you hold like I've had a couple of games where um I could have played Cavern Lackey on turn one, but I played Mountain Lackey because I wanted to bait a daze mm. or a force of will. And the because I could not win if my opponent went Bolt Your Lackey, Wasteland you. Huh. Um and so like I'm like preserving this cavern for the more important spell later yeah. on because I can expect that, that, that my Delver opponent is going to be able to beat Goblin in some way, shape, or interesting. form. So unless my hand is super dependent on it, I'm going to sandbag the cavern. Uh, and I think that's a subtlety that's really easy to miss in a lot of matchups. And you got to think about, like, you know if I wasteland this turn or port this turn, that's always an interesting question. It's like, do you wasteland or port them if you can have the option of either? And you have to think a couple turns down the line. It's like, okay... If I'm going to cast a two drop, if I want to cast a two drop next turn, I should wasteland this turn because um, that means that they'll be st- uh, still be back a mana. Because mm-hmm. if I go port you and then next turn I want to cast a two drop, two drop, my port will just be sitting there right. and it will be doing right. nothing. So, but if you wasteland and then cast your two drop, they're still down a land. Gotcha. So it's managed denial for kind of permanent turns rather than just for that one yep. turn. Um, so, subtle things like that about uh, land sequencing, I think, is the number one thing that Goblin's pilots can improve on. Uh, being mindful of your matrons, mm-hmm. a lot of Goblin's losses come down to the wrong matron, mm. and that comes down to knowing your role. Um, do you need to get a removal spell? Do you need to get a ringleader to reload? Do you need to get a piece of acceleration? Do you need to get a finisher? These are all really contextual, difficult questions. And I think also people underestimate this. This is like the, um, the hardest part of show and tell is knowing what it. like, it's like that a, a hard, a hard part of, of Goblin Lackey is knowing what to put in on Goblin mm-hmm. Lackey because people, I I've lost games to putting in the wrong card with Lackey, like all mm-hmm. the time. Um, I'm better at it now, but it, it was really easy to just go like, I'm going to put in the highest mana cost card in my hand in the play. But you got to think about what happens if the Lackey gets dealt with next turn. Or what are ways that I can in- make it more likely that a Lackey connects a second time? So instead of going dropping Ringleader and then maybe not hitting great cards or hitting expensive cards that I can't cast anyway, maybe I'm going to drop the Scalar Matron and I'm going to get a Mutions Expert so I can kill the blocker that I'm anticipating that they'll play to get rid of Lackey. Mm-hmm. So um, what you're
2: telling me is Goblin Lackey is the hardest part of the deck. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's not the hardest part of the deck but it's 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 an easy way to mess up because that you people think it's like oh i hit with lackey yeah, i win and it's like it's just not mm-hmm. how it works um not not anymore unless you're putting into play in muxus and then you're not win. But, so, like muxus has legitimately made the deck honestly easier to that's play awesome because any situation where you can put muxus into play you probably should <laughs> um all right
0: so anubis has a great question here jerry i think you're gonna like this one since we're hot off uh an art episode recently uh what's your favorite goblins art and then he wants uh jerry and i to critique
3: it <laughs> Ooh, favorite goblins art uh
2: man i do gotta say goblins also have the best flavor text in the game like 100 oh yeah if you look at like a 100%. top 10 like best magic flavor text like seven of them are goblins yes. cards <laughs> oh yeah
3: um i'm a huge fan like i know people hate the ftv foiling on the new goblin lackey and i like i know like it doesn't look amazing but i love the new I know i love the chris moiler lackey art mm-hmm. and i love the flavor text on that because it says um it, it uses the phrase diplomacy helmet oh yeah yeah <laughs> at I the just, first sign of enemy
0: scouts jula grinned and strapped on his diplomacy helmet <laughs> <laughs> like, It's so good
3: um i, I gallon pile driver is one of my favorites um it's a classic the guy's face is hilarious mm-hmm. um yeah just very iconic goblin sharpshooter is probably one of my favorites
0: um driver is awesome there's so many is awesome there's
3: so many good goblins goblin arts it's it's hard to pick one um i love champions kiki is really good that looks really cool uh yeah i like uh, a lot of the the onslaught goblins all just look really mm-hmm. good I, um i don't it's, it's really hard for me to pick that's a okay i mean i th-
0: i think all i i think the um the goblin lackey one is is pretty great if I was going to pick one of those arts, yeah. I think that's one of my favorites. My um,
2: favorite, my favorite, I think, is from like I think it's like seventh edition, but it's this. uh it's like Goblin Hang Glider or something like that, but it's just.
3: Oh, yeah. It's this
2: Goblin with just like a cobbled together Hang Glider, yep. and he's like jumping off a cliff. And then the flavor text is just Goblins don't have a word for, or uh, the Goblin word for flying more accurately translates to falling slowly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so so uh, the one that Liam liked the best was Goblin Diplomats. The uh the Izzy yep. art from uh from the dual decks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because one of them is just like pulling his cheeks open, the other one's pointing at his ass, and it's he thought <laughs> my he was seven at the time, he thought that was the one of the funniest things he had ever seen. So oh, uh, yeah. yeah. The goblins is ju- Goblins just captures the uh the kid and all of us, so uh yeah, I oh, love yeah. it for that. Um all right, so that's great. Uh let's see.
2: I I have a question for you, Eli. So you have these these sweet mana symbols behind you for your streaming setup, but yeah. but you're unbalanced. Where's where's the white?
3: Yeah, we didn't put the plane. My so my girlfriend made these for me, <laughs> uh, and she was like, the planes looks kind of lame. And- <laughs>
0: it's it's his mouse pad right now <laughs> there,
2: so there are four there just are four colors and make one
3: and oh she's 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 uh been working on an embroidery project that we're gonna put in the middle oh sick that's a that's a goblin king uh that's image. all
0: should it be muxus now though instead of goblin king
3: yeah i i want to get some prints i want to get the goblin pile driver print um and i want to get i want to get the the muxus if there is a muxus print i really want to get nice one. nice
0: um uh let's see here uh vader has a great question what are the biggest traps a new legacy player goblins steps into?
3: Uh, so I kind of mentioned that before is keeping hands too dependent on goblin lackey. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another common trap would be trying to be the beat down too often. Mm-hmm. Uh, goblins is an inherently controlling strategy in most of its fair matchups. So think about, uh, go taking the game longer, uh, against a lot of decks. Um, and that means uh, goblin sandbags a lot of things uh, because the kind of uh, has a lot of haste haste effects, mm-hmm. uh, especially playing a lot of war chiefs, um, and it's easy to run those out early and then get them killed and you've lost a lot of tempo. So I think a really effective strategy is hold that hold that haste lord off a little bit longer than you might, and then you can catch your opponent off guard. It's it's easy to telegraph too much with goblins because a lot of your cards uh, reveal so you you matron you reveal your ringleader you reveal um so it's easy it can be it can be easy for your opponent to anticipate your plays Mm -hmm. so if you can um sidestep their expected plan you might waste their mana for the turn if they just hold up removal spells like if you like matron for warchief and then just don't play it they probably held up removal for that war chief and you just if you just didn't play it you just wasted their mana Mm -hmm. um because you might have instead you play like a mogwar marshal and an Aether Vial, and they're just like, well, I'm not gonna lightning bolt your Magua Marshall, because that's a terrible trade. So things like that uh, are so, so don't don't play too face-up on the table. Okay, so It's a good, I think.
0: Um, Alright, uh, let's see. <laughs> Olaf Forkbeard uh, he asks, since every goblin player is blinded by their ego, how blind are you? <laughs> <laughs>
3: massive just like <laughs> I, i'm the best no. uh <laughs> o- olaf's uh, the the uh, admin he, he created the form and he's he's the head of he ran the source page mm-hmm. I mean, currently does though it's not being updated currently um john's great we're we're friends awesome. <laughs> he, he, he knows he knows what's up yeah I, figured. It, I mean but it, 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 it is easy to like when you're getting asked like a lot of questions for your expertise and things mm-hmm. it is easy to feel like like you know everything sure so yeah. it, it's it's important to like remember like I'm still learning the deck.
0: I th- I think too like and like I said I, I don't know if we had recorded this or if we were just talking about it in the pre-show but like yeah you're definitely the guy that people are going to right now for for info on goblins and I think it's I just think it's because you're visible as a streamer too you know and you're and you're yeah you're you know you're charismatic enough and you're easygoing enough and kind to people who are in your chat so you're easy to talk to you know it's easy to ask someone like you to be to be a guest on the show because you know you'll be able to to talk to them and they'll you know some, sometimes. You know, we've every podcast has had guests where like getting answers is like pulling teeth, and it's right. nice to have guests who are who are able and willing to talk and can easily talk talk about stuff like that. So that's great. I, pre- I appreciate that, of course. Um, uh, I'm going to give one more to Olaf here. He says, uh, "What would be the worst thing for Goblins and Legacy that wouldn't stop you from playing it?"
3: Ooh, Uh it would take a lot for me to. It takes a lot for me to like put down the deck. Mm-hmm. The only time I stopped. The only time I played anything different was when Ren and Six was legal and I started playing humans. Mm-hmm.
0: Um was it like the five color humans like the Eddie Zamora? Yeah, Yeah, okay.
3: Yeah, it was I yeah, I took Eddie's list and talked to him about it. Um and like I was trying I was even during Ren's legality I was trying I was playing a crazy list. I was playing um a four color goblins list with Unsettled Mariner.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh just the Changeling. Uh I was playing I, was, I just tried all sorts of stuff. So it takes a lot for me to put down the deck, but I mean the worst thing that could happen that I would keep playing through if we go back to the era of like every black deck playing two main deck plague engineers, I'll be pretty sad. because mm. um, I like I won my the one K I played in when I did that. That's like the one like event I went to this year. Um and that was during that time so like it can still be successful but man it just weighs on your head so much it just it just kind of makes you feel miserable it's like i have to consider these things so much and it it affects my choices so much that it it just, it just makes me sad <laughs> it's like i can't play the cards i want to play i have to play like these less synergistic cards to answer you know whatever Like, ugh. <laughs>
0: Um, alright well we got let's see let's get we'll get one more fun one here and then we got uh, a little bit about the your future as a as a streamer um let's see let's find one good one here Uh, sorry uh, our editor will have to edit out all this I'm just trying to we have there are so many questions in the discord so I'm trying to pick out all the best ones here alright you know what? this is a good one um what is your favorite story to tell concerning goblins this is from balloon brigade yeah like do you have oh, a great man. a great read or just like, oh. Oh,
2: a sick beat speaking of goblin gabloom uh, brigade another great art and flavor text yes <laughs> <Balloon> Brig- yes
3: <laughs> uh one of my favorite favorite stories uh favorite plays um i'm really proud of the play i made in the um legacy double dash which i don't know i don't know if you guys followed that um, it was an online tournament series that Tim Schultz ran mm-hmm. to, like, have a bunch of legacy deck specialists it was awesome. play against each other. That, that was a, yeah, yeah, it, was it was an amazing was... program they did. Um, so I was paired. So we, uh, it was Marcelo and I as the Goblins uh, representatives, and we got paired against Miracles. And I was playing against Anurag Dawes, and it was game two.
1: <clears throat>
3: and I am Mulgand six, and my hand is, like, lands, lackey, lackey, relic and i didn't really have anything to do with the lackeys and he he just goes like land go or something basically what, what happens in the game is i end up playing these two goblin lackeys and i i never attack with them mm-hmm. and the reason being i didn't have a removal spell and i didn't have anything amazing to put into it or i had i drew a sling gang at some point but it, i was like this isn't worth it because i was trying to draw his source to plowshares instead of walking to ice and mm-hmm. Waddles. and i also know he had two containment priests postboard so I just went, like, I just did not attack with my gotten lackeys all game. And both of them got swords to plowshares. Mm-hmm. And he had the Ice Venn cloal both times. And what, how the game ended up playing is if he had held a plow and he didn't plow the lackey, um, the, I ended up hitting him with a really huge pile driver for lethal when I was dead on the crackback. Mm-hmm. And if he had, had the had the plow for the pile driver, I would have lost that game. Wow. And I, I was super proud of the fact that I knew that the risk of attacking with the lackey was not worth the reward. Um, and I feel like it's just a very unintuitive play yeah, to just not yeah. attack with Lackey.
0: You think you want to just attack with lackey no matter what. Like, yeah, if he, he's going to get... It was an empty board. There's yeah. nothing there. Yeah. Like,
3: like, he, uh, like, it's so easy to think, like, oh, he, he could have nothing. Right. And, you know, I'll put the sling gang into play for free. And it's like, great. Yep. But based on how I expected the game to play out and, like, my overall strategy i was just like i'm gonna threaten these lackeys to connect Mm -hmm. but i'm not gonna swing with them unless it's actually safe and it ends up happening where he's like i'm like porting him and he feels like he has to spend the mana and plow the lackey Mm -hmm. even though it was never going to get through yep um so i was really proud of that um as far as like a really like keen you know read that i had Mm -hmm. um and the other one's just really funny. I think is that it was like a F and M type thing. Um, I was playing against Enchantress for like to go like three or whatever uh, in the three round thing we had. And my opponent had a multiple Guile in, for mul- uh, in play for multiple turns. They had it. I was porting down their Sarah Sanctum. They had one card in hand. and I drew Cabal Therapy. Um, and looking at how much mana they had, I was locked out. I was like locked out of attacking with like, like two Elephant Grasses mm-hmm. or something. And I drew therapy. There's a Leyland of the Void on their side. So I could not flashback therapy. So okay. I, had, had, I, had, to, one I shot. had to blind hit. <laughs> I had one shot. And I blind named um, Sigil of the Empty Throne and I hit. <laughs> and I felt so good about that. And ended up winning that game by making like 50 tokens with Cranko. Sacrificing a ton of them to Skirk Prospector to pay for like four attackers oh, that's awesome. through <laughs> Elephant Grass and uh, Sphere of Safety. It was like seven <laughs> seven mana per attacker, and I attacked him for, for lethal. That's amazing. Couple turns later, I was so proud of that. That's when you're like,
0: movie. yes, I won Galaxy Brain in this game. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. I was like, it was, it's either it's either Sigil or it's Emrakul, and I named Sigil and, and it hit.
0: Um. All right. Well, let's get to uh. Let's see here, Dan. That's it. That's an easy name to pronounce. Um. <laughs> He would also be interested. He wants. He's interested in hearing your plans as a content creator. The streams have been getting pretty large. We talked about that in the pre-show too. Like you've definitely come into your own and, and seen a lot of success lately as a streamer. And what are your what are your plans in the future for
3: streaming uh, streaming magic? Well, I mean, I definitely didn't expect things to get this big. Um, so thank you, everyone, who's been tuning in. Like honestly, um, like even like the YouTube channel, which I initially just created the YouTube channel to store vods. Like it was just a, like the idea was just to have them permanently because I know they got deleted from Twitch eventually. Mm-hmm. But the YouTube channel has hit over a thousand subscribers as well. Like it's basically matched. It's like only lagged slightly behind the Twitch mm-hmm. channel as well, and the view's been really good on there as well. People watching these five hour vods or whatever. Um. So, future for me as a content creator um i've liked what i've been doing with the patreon i've been doing articles monthly that i've enjoyed writing about like either goblin theory or like um common play patterns mistakes uh mulligans those sorts of things Mm -hmm. or like goblin deck development over time um i've enjoyed doing that i've been doing cyborg guides for for that because everyone loves cyborg guides right Um, people love cyborg guides that's the favorite goblins is really hard to cyborg with properly so i think that's um something that's helpful to a lot of people Mm -hmm. I'm hoping to get more regular with my stream schedule. Like, I have been kind of just doing it whenever I haven't felt like I should... I want to play Mm Magic today. But I'm trying to do, like, twice a week, uh, consistent. Like, Tuesday Tuesday afternoons. like, obviously I can't do it today because I had to reschedule to record (laughs) today. But I'll I'll stream tomorrow to make up for Mm it. Um, But, like, Tuesday, Fridays, I really want to do... And if I'm not going to stream on Friday, then I'll do a Sunday at least. So, I'm trying to, like, make my stream schedules consistent. Um, And I really like having guests on... Like I don't know how how much I'll expand my streaming just because I have a day job, mm-hmm. so I do work you know thirty 40 hours a week um so it's hard to make too much space for like just magic yeah. content um but you know i'd like I really like doing stream like other stream collaborations I like coming onto to other people's streams and talking through like League of goblins I'm always happy to do that um i as far as growing my own channel i i i just bought a new microphone and got like a boom mic set up nice uh, today actually um i have a friend who's gonna help me like kind of get some of the technical know-how because i just kind of winged it on a lot of streaming Mm -hmm. things like just kind of do the basics um so i wanted to like try to make it look nicer sound nicer um get a little more professional like i since i applied for a twitch partner Mm -hmm. um i feel like i should do that um so, you know, we'll we'll see where things go. You know, Goblin's hype is high right now, it might it might die back down because, you know, uh these things do come and go. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I, think, I think people I'm will be gonna... excited
0: to hear that you can that you're planning on continuing at least continuing what you're yeah. doing, right? So I think that I think people will yeah, be yeah, pumped yeah. about that for sure.
3: Yeah, and I, I I really like the streaming I've been doing. Uh especially it's much more fun with guests, I think. Mm-hmm like s- streaming streaming by yourself can be a little especially magic and a deck that requires a lot of planning it can be kind of cerebral mm. and it's hard to like get kind of have fun 100
0: um, percent. yep
3: <laughs> and so i really i really like having someone else i can talk to to uh, uh have some more fun with yep. it and so like my last stream i had uh mike hadley who's like one of the that, he's, that he's, was he's, a
0: great stream by the way i oh love that yes. stream it was fantastic yeah,
3: he my, mike was such a fun guest um, he he introduced me to many great sayings. Mm-hmm. Yes, two of which I want to co- I, I want to convert into emotes. It's so good. Um, he, he, uh, whenever we'd win, he'd be like, uh, uh, "That's raisin brand." Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, uh, I I have an emote idea I want to do for that, and then um certain cards move furniture, like cards that really do a lot. So Pile Piledriver moves furniture, <laughs> so I got a, I got an emote ID for that as well. So like, you know that that kind of stuff just makes the stream yeah. so much more entertaining. Yeah,
0: yeah, he, he was he was uh I will say as a, as a viewer he was a great guest. It was it was very entertaining. Um, awesome, and and your your stream is uh, Twitch TV slash. Uh, so, yeah, Twitch.tv slash goblinlacky1, right? Basically, goblinlacky1 on all platforms, Everywhere. right?
3: Yeah, except on except on Reddit, I'm one goblinlacky1. Okay, because <laughs> that was a mistake, <laughs> of course,
0: of course. Um, awesome. Yeah. All right, well, uh, Jerry. So we, we got a ton of answers done. Um, there's probably some that we that we didn't get, and I apologize, but we try to keep the show relatively close to an hour. We're a little over right now, but um, Jerry, let, you want to get into scoops and poops? Let's. Do it. All right. Uh, so every every week, Eli, we do scoops and poops. It's basically scoops into top eight, uh, things that we want to shout out. It could be people or situations or whatever you want. And if you have anything that's bugging you, we, they go on the poop section. So, Jerry... Who are you gonna scoop in a top eight this week?
2: Hold oh, on, I just need to—I need to rewind that, Pat. I was trying something new, and it just—it didn't feel right. So, so okay. let's get, let's get into scoops.
0: All right, well, leave all that in because I want—I want everyone to know how much of a failure Jerry is. The one thing he has to show up and do—he couldn't—he couldn't execute. I'm not so. on my A game. What
2: can Jerry, I, Jerry? Who,
0: <laughs> who are you scooping in the top eight this week, Jerry?
2: I'm scooping in everyone who wears a goddamn mask. People wear a goddamn <laughs> <Whoa>. mask.
0: <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yep.
2: Yeah. Heat yeah, that snake. seems
0: it seems a very reasonable thing to ask, right?
2: You'd think. You'd you would think. think. They're very comfortable. I think everyone will be wearing them in the future.
0: I mean, yeah, well, yeah. When there's no oxygen left, you'll have to wear an oxygen
2: mask. Uh, um, any any God. poops? Uh, you for not getting the reference, Pat. Jesus, I don't get it. <laughs> Uncultured swine. <laughs> well, that's me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hopefully, it, Eli got the uh, the reference. I'm hoping.
3: I think I think I did.
0: Eli, uh do, is there anyone you want to scoop in a top eight this week?
3: Oh man. Uh I mean, you gotta scoop in the whole goblin's community for being great. Mm-hmm. Um we've had a lot of uh activity in the Discord lately and I've just had it's booming. a lot of messages since it's booming. Yeah. And for like a, getting to be a pretty large server now, people have been pretty chill and like we have a lot of disagreements about things as goblins might, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> uh we, we, we argue, we're passionate about things, um, but everyone, I think everyone has like the same goal and everyone's trying to achieve the same things. Everyone supports each other. Yeah. Like Whenever anyone hears like good news about so-and-so is doing well in this event, it's like lots of messages of encouragement mm-hmm. and stuff. And so really appreciate the Goblins community and just like the legacy community in general has been really nice to me lately. Like I've really just heard from a lot of people and enjoy working with them and I don't know, it's just, it's just, it's just felt really nice. That's awesome. That's awesome. Any, uh, any poops you want to do on this week? Uh
0: and you can always pass too. A lot of people pass. I mean, probably, I, we try to, we try my, to keep it pretty
3: positive, so my uh my AC bill. Okay. It's, that's fair. That's <laughs> it's been hot. It gets pretty and atrocious. And we're, turning it on, we're, we're turning it on a lot more than I'd like to. <laughs> <laughs> but ha- like any anytime we turn on the oven it's like oh my god I'm done. Oh, I try to
0: do as much cooking outside as I can at this point. It's just it's yeah, I can't can't do
3: that in apartment complex.
0: I, I, yeah, so. I started uh bread baking uh earlier in quarantine and there's no way I'm going to run my oven at 475 degrees for 3 hours to bake a goddamn <laughs> loaf. It's just not happening. So uh yeah, yeah bread baking's on hold right now.
2: So I got a new AC unit, and uh, like just the way it's set up, it it can't drain outside. So I have a uh, like a little uh, hose that goes to a uh, a gallon bucket. Do, oh do you mean your bong, Jerry? Just... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's sanitary or healthy. I don't think that's. <laughs> I mean, it's technically distilled water, so maybe it is. Someone, someone, let me know the the health risks of uh, oh God. drinking drinking air conditioner fluid. If someone could what? let me know, I hope that. you're not
0: drinking your. Bo- I just meant it's well, whatever. <laughs>
2: Continue, Jerry. But anyways, this, this but is, like I is, run my, my AC. This is what we're unit. expecting from the sneaker
1: players. <laughs> Where <who's doing it. laughs> anyway, is it?
2: I run my AC unit so often that I have to empty this, like, gallon bucket, like, four or five times a day. That's, like, that's just geez. how much this air conditioner is you, putting Jerry, off. you
0: know what you need? What? You need, you need a five-gallon bucket, my friend.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the problem if a five-gallon bucket, it, it's too high. Oh. It's too high. It wouldn't work. Oh, It's, it's one of those, uh, like, none of my windows are large enough for an AC unit to fit. So I have one the of those, like, ones. AC units on, yeah. on wheels that has a hose going yep. to the window. That's that's, why. A,
0: that's a bummer. That's why. Um, yeah, that's a bummer. Um, all right, my scoop in the top eight. I don't know if, ever, if anyone's seen this video. I retweeted it today. It's this little Irish girl who's trying to... She's six years old, and she's trying to convince her mom to let her go to the pub. Uh, it's absolutely <laughs> hilarious. It's like three minutes long, and I'm going to retweet it on the Leaving Legacy Twitter as well. It is one of the most adorable well, she's things i have ever seen. And not only that, she also drops a hammer on her dad for always being on the phone and not cleaning he says he's cleaning he's just like scrolling on his phone so it's uh it's brutal and uh it's like it's so adorable and uh, yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna put that out in the uh in the world today and then uh my only poops is, is her mom for not letting her go listen it's quarantine let the poor girl go she has a, she has a good reason her dad's not even paying attention to her so you got let her you gotta let her to go to the pub it's Ireland man what else are you supposed to do there true uh, um awesome well Eli thank you so much for coming on man it was great to finally get to talk to you kind of face to face um you, you know you uh, thank you so much for all the patience and and dropping the knowledge on us and
3: and um yeah th- thank you very much for being with us man it was great yeah this is super fun uh glad to come on the cast and uh talk to you about goblins i i, I love talking about it i'm always i'm always happy to talk about goblins it's it's just it's just got so much uh there's so many details for to talk mm-hmm.
2: about I, I I gotta say you guys reinvigorated me. Talking about magic breathed new life into me. I'm not I'm not a sleepy boy anymore. So I think I I think I'll rent uh, rent a goblins deck and go uh, fire oh, into leagues with some I goblins. It. I can't wait to see your oh,
3: name in the five O list, Jerry. <laughs> oh, oh, Jerry, I got I got the one time I played against you. You were playing burn, and I was like, what the <laughs> hell? Oh, that was you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like I I was like, all right, since Jerry's on Sneak and show, I'm gonna mulligan <laughs> I like put
2: back a removal spell I'm like, I just like lightning bolt your goblin mother, lackey. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I keep a hand it's
3: dependent on goblin lackey and it's like,
2: hold if on. If
0: Jerry's playing Burn, you know he is ripped
3: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I was
0: if I'm I playing was, Burn, I'm playing with a hand. So, I say. was shook. I was That's shook. hilarious. That's hilarious. Uh so I just want to officially let everyone know that Eli said uh, you know, we're his favorite podcast. Uh, we're, the, we're the most gracious hosts, and uh, get wrecked, most, turtles, yeah, get Dirtles. yeah Dirtles. scooped us, but then, then everyday eternal, uh, they also got us. They also got us too. So uh, you know, we're just the third tier legacy podcast. But we really do we do really do appreciate you coming on. You you were a great. You've been a great guest, and, and I'd want it, We should do it. Definitely do it again sometime for
2: sure. I'd love that. Awesome also spe- speaking of we really need to make it happen the uh the legacy podcast tournament with uh eternal Dirtles oh, and everyday eternal uh, and uh, uh uh the dead yep. format just oh, just my God. get a slug fest <laughs> going i love it. i love it. I love it. that's brilliant really can amazing. we bring the
0: brainstorm shot of our retirement too just to round it up, yeah, out. bring the
2: brainstorm show. <laughs> well, I think we were talking to Wilson oh, since he's a since he's a moderator of the Facebook group. We he would be we could get a message. Oh, first. nice!
3: <laughs> e, 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 Elo punters would be a tough. Team Ooh, to beat. that's true. That's true. Mm. Yeah, On- are they legacy centric though?
0: Uh, do they talk about only well, legacy?
1: They,
3: I feel like they're they're like all the players are most known for legacy, sure, true, right? True, yeah, Stanislavchuk, Bob Huang, and and Onurai, yeah, so yeah, like... that's a, yeah,
0: those are legacy <laughs> guys, yeah,
3: for sure.
2: It, it's basically a legacy guys. You were like, how do we, how do we broaden no, our legacy horizons. guys? No, how do we
0: make some money because legacy players like no, <laughs> there's like five
3: legacy players. There's no money. Yeah, in legacy. there's no, no, money there's no in only, legacy. The only money there is in the cards. Apparently, the, the money is in writing Goblin Cyber Cards. The the, the 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 Patreon's been blowing up. I gotta say it. I gotta I gotta yeah. thank everyone. Like it's 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 gone up like. Yeah, oh yeah 20 yeah. A patreon. 20 20 patreon 20 yeah, patrons that. that's awesome yeah, yeah. Well, we're that. gonna
0: put that in the show notes uh yeah i mean awesome. uh yeah eli obviously he's doing pretty well his microphone is sitting on a stacks of 100 hundred dollar bills right now so uh he really appreciates yeah, all the that's, support that's where
1: it comes from.
2: <laughs> it's actually hundred dollar bills in the in the form of foil uh pile drivers. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah,
3: I, got, I got that sick sick uh youtube money now where i get that 50 cents you know (laughs) (laughs) yes yep uh that'll run your
0: ac for like uh 30 seconds so you should you know that's pretty great yeah yeah. awesome all right well we appreciate you being on uh you can find eli he's at goblin lackey one on twitter uh his twitch is twitch.tv slash goblin lackey one i assume it's patreon.com slash goblin lackey one as well
3: uh, it's like a different URL, but I am, I'm I'm one streaming okay. on Patreon. Okay, yeah, so you can find him there and then and then on and then Gubmanlocky one on YouTube yes, well, on, if you want to find any on thoughts. YouTube,
0: uh, yeah, I'm on YouTube. So give him a follow. Uh, find him on YouTube. Give him a follow on YouTube too. Like it's all those things help his numbers, so so do that for they sure. Do. Um, and uh, don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, the stuff that we do as well. Uh, you can find the podcast as at L E L M T G. Find Jerry at J M E three R D. I'm at Pat Uglow the stream is twitch.tv slash leaving a legacy. You can find us on Patreon. Find us on Hipsters. Join the Facebook group. It's a great place where we aggregate a bunch of legacy content. And you can email us dick pics and deck pics. Leaving a legacy at hipstersthecoast.com. <laughs> Never got a dick pic, thankfully. I think we've got a few Dick no, Cheney's, actually. No, someone, got, someone said, dick Cheneys. Yeah,
2: someone sent us some Dick Cheney.
0: And as always, shout out to our editor, Justin Lutz. Our audio tech sound engineer... Uh, and he actually, I don't know if you knew this, Jerry, but he was the, uh, like, you know how, like, artists bring models in to, like, model when they're doing their artwork? Yeah. He was the model for Raging Goblin, so I thought it was pretty cool.
2: Ah, I, I did know that, actually.
0: I did know that.
2: Oh, I have one other thing, too, Pat. Um, I forget the name of my opponent, but I just apologize. Uh, I fell asleep at my keyboard (laughs) the other night. (laughs) So, uh, I did not mean to, like... (laughs) If anyone plays against me, especially if I'm playing burn and I'm just playing like really slow, I'm I promise you I'm not trolling. I'm actually just slow.
1: <laughs>
0: awesome. Well, thanks again, Eli, for coming on. We appreciate no. it. And we're gonna catch you all next week. <laughs>